0: What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Gen X movie show. Uh, Today is a special episode, but before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wansea in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, I like wine. Everyone knows I like wine. Uh, I like red wines, and they got some of the best in Denver. Uh, That's basically all you really need to know about how good they are and and what they do uh go to bfwdenver.com and you can just look at their entire selection of what they got uh they got you know cabs and pinots and uh just uh they have a malbec there they've got uh a, a version of merlot uh but they've, they've got basically at all uh from and they make their own wines so you know it's extra special uh They have virtual wine tastings at bfwdenver.com, so go book yours today. They go fast. Uh, They also have socially distant um, tables outside in the dairy block for you to go in and just have a good time. Once again, it's a Plant Your Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. Also, I'd like to tell you about my friend Andy Feinstein and EXO Event Center. Uh, please support our friends at Exto Event Center, located in Denver's vibrant Rhino Arts District. Exto Event Center can host safe, socially distanced events uh, for 25 to up to 175 persons outdoors and up to 100 persons indoors. If you are interested in hosting an event for a corporate gathering, fundraiser, client appreciation, birthday, or anniversary party, or just a general morale-boosting happy hour, Exto would welcome the opportunity to be part of it. Please visit ExtoEvents.com for more information and book your private event. Today, all right. We're going to get started right now, and um, we're going to try this. I'm going to start with the trailer for this movie. Any, any, any minute now.
1: of Carrie, The Shining, and (laughs) Kujo, and the creator of Night of the Living Dead and
0: what is up everybody all right <coughs> excuse me i've got a new mic here so you're gonna hear um probably me heavily breathing into this thing until i can figure it out but anyway my guest today is well not really a guest he's you know co-host Ameri- emeritus of csu podcast uh my friend your friend everybody's friend mr nate timmons hello nate
1: Hey, man, we get to talk movies. I love movies, dude. I've wasted many a days and months of my life on watching movies.
0: <laughs> yes. And, you know, one of the reasons I started this kind of like this, this extra podcast is because we would spend a good portion of our podcasts talking about TV shows and movies, and we did that even with Tim Connolly. And I figured this is just a natural extension of of what we did. So uh, I couldn't think of anyone I wanted more in Spooky Month, because I remember in 2013, I encouraged you to watch The Thing, and uh, you did not like that at all. So I wanted to uh, have you watch a movie that you wouldn't like again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, at some point, we're going to have to get you to start watching movies that have been released within the last 10 to 15 years. Oh,
0: what's the fun in that? that? In the last
1: 38 (laughs) years. I'd be curious to see if you put a poll up how many people have even heard of Creepshow. And I believe it come out in 1982. Is that right? Yeah. The year I was born. And boy, I can just tell you horror movies have come a long, long way. Can
0: you even really call this a horror movie? It's, it's just, it's, it's kind of ridiculously comic booky, you know, it's it's kind of you know if you don't like even to the
1: point where i don't i don't know how many movies i saw from this point in time where even during the opening credits and different points in time they did use comic book type things there's some animation that comes in Mm -hmm. there's some like lettering that comes on screen that's very comic booky you know and it's like interesting i wonder if this. i wonder how much of this was kind of new technology at the time or i want it always be fun to go back and Sit in the theaters in 1982 and see how crazy it was at the time versus how we look back on it now. Because, like, just one, one thing I noticed there's a, in the first short story of this, there's a person gets his head bashed or, yeah, mm-hmm. Lady gets her head bashed and there's Father's this Day. like red blood that comes out. Yeah. Yeah, on Father's Day. And it's really red, like it's bright red, like Kansas City Chiefs red. Mm-hmm. And if you watch, like I've been watching the boys on Amazon Prime, yeah. this guy gets shot in the face and you see like, remember back in the day you get shot and it would be a huge bullet hole. This was like the little bullet hole into the cheek. And then the red that comes out, you're like, whoa, that looks like, is that real? Did they really shoot a guy in the face and film it? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's funny how how long we've come, but at the same time, I do wonder if people in the theaters were like actually freaked out by this at the time.
0: Well, you got to re- got remember too, there was no CGI. I mean, this was pre CGI. This is, everything's practical. Everything is what they call in camera. So uh, like, you know, famously, that's the movie that came out this, this year too. The one you didn't like was the thing, all of the, all of the special effects in that were practical, which means they were physical and they're in front of you. They had to make all of that stuff. And I, the same thing with this one, um, uh, all the blood all the you know the the monster and the crate uh that was uh you know a a puppet basically you know and uh they had to do it all and make it present so like the blood when it comes out had to be really you know there it had to be like very vivid um and it had to be something that you could see and, and on on camera and you'll notice in like the late 70s and the early 80s a lot of movies like that had the really goopy neon red blood that would come out right right? you know so i even
1: made a note here i mean that was perfect i made a note talking about in the father's day short where the guy comes out of the grave and how cool that was because that was all made right like you were just talking about that was all done by by people making that happen and it's like think of such a short scene you know him coming out of the grave is only a few seconds yeah, but it probably took them hours to create that, if mm. not days or weeks or planning. So it is, that is the cool part about those old movies. Is it really was, you know, a creative process or a really a hands-on process. So yeah, I did appreciate some of that. Yeah. Well,
0: it's not like I said. Uh, it is not good. Um, <laughs> it is campy. It is deliberately over the top. Um, like I said, it was done by George Romero um, Directed by George Romero And uh, written by Stephen King um, there are A lot, couple of the short stories in there um, Well, a couple of the vignettes in there uh, The Lonesome Death of Geordi Verrill Which is based on a short story from Stephen King called Weeds uh, And another one there were actually based on Stephen King short stories And uh, they just decided to collaborate on this And the movie actually itself made you know uh you know some money but it's not you know back this was back when horror horror movies never made any money um just in a in a a bigger sense when you went into this uh nate were you thinking like uh this is another one of jeff's shitty horror movies that he's making me watch uh and i gotta do this podcast and it's gonna be kind of interminable or were you expecting has uh um weirdly comic booky and uh campy as this movie was where did you have a preconception of what that would be going into it
1: no i had no idea I, i'm trying to remember what that movie was you had me watch with that big alien beast thing That was the thing no it was a different one it was more recent but it was like uh I was so weird i i mean that's kind of what i figured i, I had never heard of creep show and then when i was like oh jeff's gonna have me watch a movie i wonder if it's gonna be as weird with <laughs> all the other movies he tells me to watch and it, it i mean it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like the some of the stories were kind of goofy you know and it was like i'm like like you said it's like is this supposed to be a horror movie or is it supposed to be funny Is it supposed to be making fun of itself in a sense that's why i'm really curious at the time is, is, is if people were actually scared of this i mean some of the actors in it too like leslie nielsen ted Danson, yeah. like yeah. Stephen King himself, you know, and, Ed Harris. and Harris. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Harris and with hair. Of, right, yeah. And, <laughs> the hair, that Hair. And
0: disco dancing.
1: Yeah. But I'm thinking with, with George Romero, like the Dawn of the Dead and stuff like that, like those were those were like I mean, they're still classics, you know. And I've I, I really like the remakes of those movies, but you know, I mean that that's kind of that's what I like about talking movies with you is you know more about, you know, the stuff that going on behind the scenes and I, I strictly just kind of know about what i'm watching so it's always fun to hear you kind of delve more into it of oh this was a short story okay cool so they where do they create this from things like that well
0: it's interesting too this movie's two hours long which uh, is a bit long for a portmanteau movie is basically what they call them it's a it's a um not what you would expect um, for that and usually these movies are about an hour and a half um they're on shut do, do you uh, have shutter the channel that is yeah. uh, on on uh, amazon prime it's just basically all horror movies they did a series based on this movie last year i think and it fits that format i think a little better than this movie um, now I, I have no illusions that the qual the quality of this movie yeah, this movie is bad I mean, I mean, any way you slice it, this movie is bad. But it's to me, it's just fun, and uh, I think maybe that's what they were going for uh, on this. Uh, there is my favorite one. Well, I won't go into my favorite ones, but my second favorite one is the one with Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson, uh, where Leslie Nielsen's playing against what the way a type that you would see him now, right? Or or back then he's dead. But uh, at post Naked Gun. Um, you see him a, in a role as a semi-villainous uh, person, and uh, the way that he resolves that is just—it's just a ridiculous concept on its face. But I do like Leslie Nielsen specifically in that 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 uh, short segment because he's playing against the way we know him from The Naked Gun on.
1: Right, my like I'm. Um... Looking back on these, like, sitting through them, I was kind of like the, the last story with the bugs I was completely annoyed by. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, like, it just kind of – like, actually watching them was somewhat painful, but looking back on the stories, it's kind of fun to have the takeaways. Like, the Wesley Nielsen Ted Danson one, it's kind of reminds me of like Datelines where you watch a Dateline and almost any major crime is committed by somebody that somebody knows. It's a husband killing mm-hmm. a wife. It's a friend killing another friend. Yeah. This is just about a completely unrelated psychopath murdering people, right? Or it's, he yeah. didn't have, Wesley Wilson didn't have any connection to the people he was killing. He was just, it was just random acts of violence, which we know is so rare, and it, but it's so scary to us that you know, there could just be somebody that breaks into your house and murders you, right?
0: Well, no, it was, uh, it was Ted Danson uh, was sleeping with his wife. That, that's uh, why he, he killed. Him. That's yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. see, you could tell. I knew this was going to happen. You could tell, like halfway through the movie, that that uh, that, uh, that Nate was probably going to like mentally check out, <laughs> like his soul. This really
1: was third part. story. I feel like I really watched this. one. <laughs> I understand.
0: <laughs> no it was like yeah the ted danson was sleeping with leslie Nilsson's wife and so the woman
1: that was murdered was leslie nilson's wife
0: yeah my god so that's why he killed the
1: second time mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and uh it, it buried them up to their necks in the at the beach and waited for high tide to to make you know drown them um and you notice a, a common theme in all of these, except for maybe the Stephen King one, which was the worst one, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it makes no sense. <laughs> the the revenge, the, the like everything comes back, revenge kind of theme running throughout the whole thing. Even in the last one with the guy with the bugs, he hated germs and all that stuff, and he gets, you know, overtaken Harry, by cockroaches. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: So. Yeah, I guess looking back at the Leslie Nielsen one now, it is it is interesting though because yeah, like you said, the revenge factor. He gets revenge on Ted Danson and his wife, and then in turn Ted Danson and his wife get revenge on him when they mm-hmm. come back. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was funny because Leslie Nielsen, it's so hard to take him out of the Naked Gun role, you know. Especially mm-hmm. Ted Danson too. It's it's very hard. Cheers. Ted yeah. Danson now with the white hair when he's on the HBO series that he did. Uh, few years ago Mm -hmm. it's like okay you can kind of see him differently because of the white hair but back then it's like that Sam from Cheers you know like from behind the bar to me and I can't see him any other way at that point in time than as just being Sam Malone
0: yeah I uh you know you got Sam Malone versus uh Frank Drebin from Naked Gun and it goes completely against character and it and it's kind of like uh, especially the effects at the end it is campy it is like like you can't take them seriously you can't be scared by it because there's, it's just not serious enough to be scared by so uh but it's fun it is fun in a uh well obviously you know you Know murder from beyond the grave is uh, depending on how you seriously you take that, obviously. But to me, it was funny. Um, and
1: the other, <laughs> the other fun thing, too, about that is you know, there's tube TVs, he has to set up tripods on the sand. Nowadays, you might just fly a drone and have it hover right over Sam's head, right? Yeah, like yep. all, everything he had to have wires, like you kind of look at it from the technology aspect, and you're like, mm-hmm. everything he had to go through to try to torture these people <laughs> just oh, by his, you know. Oh or yeah. If the wind or the sand gives way and the tripod falls over, you know, and then his whole enjoyment period oh, is uh, over.
0: Absolutely, and you you get you get the feeling that uh, um, it's just when 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 revenge gets that elaborate, <laughs> when you want to kill someone but it becomes like a a Bond villain kind of scheme, uh, you know that uh, it, it's not kind of probably going to go the way that you think it is, you know. Just you know, if you're gonna murder them, murder them. Just don't don't bury them up to the necks and
1: (laughs) allow them an opportunity of escape. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, or you know to enact you know seek revenge from beyond the grave. Um, The one that was after that is my favorite one by far. It's called the crate. Um,
1: Yeah,
0: Hal Holbrook. noted character actor uh I believe a couple years before this he was in a movie the, the fog uh john carpenter movie um he is, stars as a man who is very um aggrieved and his wife adrian barbeau is uh is a total bitch um sorry to <laughs> sorry to offend anyone but that is the way she's written in this <laughs> in this uh, movie, and uh, there's, there's, it's just a series of how he this this crate, mysterious crate, is found under these stairs at this college, which makes you wonder like how long that was there, like it was covered in cobwebs, like, but how long was this fucking thing there? <laughs> they, that's the, that's how ridiculous it is
1: they did spend so much time though just uh with his wife you know getting drunk and running her mouth and berating mm. her husband and stuff you know it was just like it's just uh one of those kind of fits in with the dateline thing again you know or uh i guess Wilson nielsen gets revenge on his wife and in this one this guy finally gets to kill his <laughs> <laughs> like he has fantasies of killing his wife you know or oh, being away from her or whatever and it's
0: oh yeah and but it's then, uh,
1: I noticed in the crate story too, they did a lot of like the um, where you're frozen in fear, you can't get away from this thing that's in this crate. You know, you're frozen. Mm-hmm. Even in the Leslie Nielsen one, he freezes up when the when Ted Danson's coming after him, and it's like the the whole ah, and mm-hmm. like you can't mm-hmm. move. It's like just turn around and run, you idiot. You know, <laughs> yelling in the theaters of all those movies, run away.
0: Oh yeah, very comic booky, especially back then. There was a series of comics. And there's something that you may uh, Like associate with Remember those Tales from the Crypt movies in the 90s Oh yeah uh, Like uh, Demon Knight uh, Which is my one of my favorite horror movies of all time I should have done that for this run um, But or uh, Bordello of Blood With Dennis Miller um, They were Like it was a series Which was also a comic called Tales from the Crypt So remember the Tales from the Crypt uh, Series in the 80s and 90s uh, this is very similar. Uh, it's it's and they're all inevitably tales of revenge. I mean, it really when God. you think it, it, it's it's like I and I don't know why they focus in on that, but this is it. And to me, the crate was very much a a tales from the crypt type of thing. Um, and uh, I liked the even though it's ridiculous looking, it's just like this monkey thing that's in this. <laughs> that's in this crate
1: pretty cool looking honestly it was kind of scary yeah he had the big you know the basically a mouthful of teeth you could say you know i mean it was yeah how long did he survive in that crate before he got to like gorge himself again you know
0: (laughs) well apparently um tom savini the guy the character who did the special effects on this movie um the name for that uh, monkey thing was called fluffy (laughs) they called the thing fluffy um they uh i think that one of the reasons i like it so much is that it all the actors who were in it knew what the movie was they didn't take it seriously okay that's the only one uh, other than um no that's it. maybe stephen king's section maybe that's it but they didn't take it as a this is needs to be taken seriously as art it was uh, it was very clear that they knew that this was ridiculous Particularly Adrian Barbeau, who is so over the top, and as uh, a horrible, horrible uh, wife to this guy, who's put upon by his wife, and he and one of the parts of it is like Harold. Have you seen uh, Harold and Maude? Uh
1: No. Okay.
0: Uh, so, in, in in a way, it's similar because uh, he keeps fantasizing about ways he could murder his wife. You know. <laughs> and <it, it, laughs> well, they uh, kind of. Yeah,
1: I kind of wondered if he was going to uh, somehow befriend or be able to train Fluffy and then just use him to extract revenge on his enemies, but no, that wasn't quite the case.
0: Uh, there, there is one in the series that was kind of along that theme, uh, but it was interesting to uh, not interesting, but it was it was more one of the more fun ones for me. Um, Fritz Weaver was the guy, his friend who uh, at the college who witnesses the janitor getting sucked into the box. Which is so over the top. And it's the whole thing is over the it's so over the top. This thing is not that big, whatever it is. And it's like hoovering up these corpses like you (laughs) like like you would not believe. It's like how would how would you have that much room in that tiny box?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then kind of the other the other aspect that I kept kind of drawing back to from the first story with ed harris was yeah <clears throat> remember in scream when they said like one of the rules of a horror movie is like never split up i mean it cost rose McGowan her life in scream in the That's garage mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> in the first story that happens kind of in this story as well you get some you know in the crate some people split up a little bit and it's like never split up like stay together <laughs> there is safety in numbers
0: don't don't like uh we got to split up and search the house. Never do that, because someone's gonna get killed. You know, they, right? We need to. We need to make sure we stay in a group at all times, because we can witness what's happening when one of us gets picked off, like, <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Um, let's go over like the. You, we keep bringing up Father's Day. Uh, it is a blatantly ridiculous, absolutely nonsensical, comic booky um, vignette that um i don't think that every time i've ever watched creep show i've always fast-forwarded over it because it is so it is it is the most ridiculous of the things with the <laughs> with the with the father saying where's my cake where's Where
1: my, cake? my cake <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how he comes back is the apparently this alcohol spills on his grave
1: powered by booze i mean apparently in america for <laughs> generations watching the nfl game on sunday there's every other commercial for bud light you know? <laughs> very true
0: this is very true we, we like our we like our alcohol uh do you right. like when you, then this is the, the your introduction other than uh the, the wraparound story with uh the guy and his kid uh yeah <laughs> that's the one that you're introduced to in this comic book and if you were just you know like you as someone who Uh, is only watching this movie because I suggested it. Um, When you see this movie, and that's the first thing uh, you see in the movie, you're probably like, this is a
1: pile of crap. Yeah, I was like, what on earth have I gotten into again?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jeff making me do again. Uh, But you do get to see Ed Harris with hair, which is, I think, the most important part of this movie.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, Ned Harris, legendary actor. You get to see him with some hair, you know, that was pretty cool. Uh, I like the special effects in that one though. Like you said, the, you know, coming out of the grave, mm-hmm. even down to having the, uh, the cake at the end, which was uh there's a surprise there too, right? Like, Oh, look at that cake. Like <laughs> that's not really a cake, but whatever. <laughs> it's just... And then even the, uh, the lady smoking the, uh, the classic kind of uh, weirdo or creep or villain, uh, mm-hmm. Type cigar, you know, the long cigar with the plastic tip. You know, it always yeah. reminds me of the uh, Swisher sweets that we used to smoke in high school. You know, with oh, the plastic man. tips.
0: I remember those.
1: Uh, yeah, horrible. But Awful.
0: They were funny. really bad, and they were they were they had the sweet tips on them, on the on the plastic tip, and then they would also have those big cigars that you could smoke. Oh, yeah. Sorry, back to my smoking days and the. mid 90s um
1: (laughs) there was was that one part of the scene too where the lady drives up and then she goes out to visit her father's grave Mm -hmm. and then when they're trying to figure out where she is like ed harris comes outside and her like car door is left open and i'm like well we know she's not in the car we know that she goes from the car to the grave i don't think she left the door open like how the door even get open in the first place
0: i've been wanting to kind of center in on this and maybe we can kind of bring the podcast into a a kind of a, a summing up with this it's like if you were going to like nowadays make a movie like this how would you do it because would it have to be ridiculously scary or could it be as uh as kind of ridiculously campy as as this movie is because i think that there's probably two extremes that you could take a movie like this you know and would you if you were Nate Timmons the guy's like i'm tax- tasked with making a movie like this how what direction would you take it
1: uh, i always go for more horror and scary like, mm-hmm. i don't like my i don't like the campy horror movies mm-hmm. what is the one with the cabin the cabin in the woods
0: yeah cabin in the woods
1: Something like that like stuff like that like i've i've never been I still want to remember that. I want to say that movie that used it suggested to me. It wasn't John Tucker Must Die, but it was some kind of title like that.
0: Uh, no, it was. Uh, saying, yeah, the end it was the Alien. Uh, now I'm remembering it. Um, yeah, John dies at the end is what it's called. Yeah,
1: John dies at the end. Yeah. yeah. So these movies, I mean, that was kind of another, a little bit of a campy one, and I'm just, I don't ever feel as attached to those as I do with like a true horror movie where I'm like afraid to walk up the stairs at night. But yeah, I think it was a fun like what was there five stories in this mm, four, or four and
0: the wraparound uh thing uh, for the one at the beginning and the one at the end uh yeah I'd, there's I'd, four in between
1: i'd go for as scary as possible but still try to make them like short like that you know maybe even shorter maybe even a little tighter but again we didn't get too much character development or anything like that where you get attached to the people that was okay. the hard part to get attached to some of the characters in this because they're just, so short, but I, yeah, I always go for more gruesome. What about yourself?
0: Well, I did, it's going to be interesting because I, I prefer the campy thing, uh, honestly, because I don't take my horse. Why? I, I don't. It's I like, so like if you watch the thing, okay, it's a horrific uh-huh. movie. I mean, it is a grotesque, horrific movie with a bunch of guys in an Arctic base uh, who are getting slowly taken over by this thing that wants to assimilate you, right? Yeah. It's a horrific idea, but I like it because there's not it it and there's an element of not taking it too seriously there because i never liked the movie like hostel or saw because to me that it was like uh, that was that series in the mid 2000s of uh, what, what they call them torture porn you yeah. know where everything was just like you got you have to torture yourself that kind of thing what was those uh rob zombie movies that he did
1: um, yeah like house of a thousand corpses yes, yes house of a yeah. thousand
0: corpses uh, the devil's race. Those have
1: a campy element to them to a yeah. degree. you know. I mean, the guy with the clown makeup and stuff. I mean, I think Hostel kind of went, like you're saying, I think that's a little bit too far for me. Mm-hmm. And the one that I always kind of come back to that I loved is The Descent.
0: Oh, yeah, of that's, the, a uh, that's a yeah, good movie. Yeah, the
1: group movie. of women that go, is it called caverning? Mm-hmm. Whatever cave yeah, climbing cave. is. Yeah, I mean, that – that, to me, is the all-time perfect horror movie. Like If I had to tell somebody to go watch a horror movie, it would be The Descent.
0: Well, that movie was uh, directed by Ken Marshall, who also directed a movie called um, Dog Soldiers, which I highly, highly recommend. Uh, write that down. Dog Soldiers. It is re- that is the one that even you would like. Um, it is not campy, but it is, it's a werewolf movie, but it's, it's, it's really well done. Um, A bunch of soldiers in the Scottish Highlands who get basically stalked by this family of werewolves. And it's just, it's really good. Nice. Um, And uh, that, but he directed that and then he directed The Descent and both of them are quality movies. They're really quality movies Uh, and low budget too. Neither of them are high budget films so I think that if I'm going to recommend something like that I would do it something like Doc Soldiers or or The Descent Uh, I would kind of um, have that kind of tone to both because I don't think and as you're finding out right now with my like of these campy movies um, it doesn't necessarily translate to 2020 you know
1: Um, I'm trying to think of what a recent campy movie would be
0: Oh, uh uh well, yeah, uh uh the one uh the, the 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 one you mentioned earlier when we were trying to remember the movie I mentioned to you was actually a campy movie. Um uh God Ned and whatever versus evil uh in Ned and Tucker versus evil is that, I think that's what yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah. That's a campy one. That's a I like I like ones with comedy in them uh kind of like kind of like the evil dead uh evil dead 2 uh have you seen that one Uh
1: is that was one of the ones with, with mia jokovic
0: no no that's no, resident, that resident, resident evil. Evil, evil dead uh bruce campbell in them um i would go with evil dead 2 but you know that's it, it's 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 really good. There, there was a show on uh, AMC called Ash versus the Evil Dead, that uh, they made a series out of. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So that that, that this was the series based. on... I do on like that movies. series. I yeah.
1: Okay, because yeah, I did watch. I have watched those Ash versus Evil Dead. What do you what do you lie on Scream then? Because Scream kind of, I mean, that has a ton of comedy in it. You know, it's interesting
0: because I was at, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking about Scream. Um, Scream is the movie that brought back the horror genre because it came out what 1996 yeah. and it was West Craven. So he did obviously a nightmare on Elm street um, and last house on the left and uh, uh, swamp thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, was a good at that type of horror and he was good at making it serious enough for the nineties. Right. But what it did was it completely brought back the horror movie genre because it was, let me tell you something. Dying by about the mid-90s. And he single-handedly brought back what amounts to the slasher movie. I think that kind of resides in that nice kind of happy uh, middle ground where it is both serious and not too serious at the same time. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, What do you think about it?
1: Loved it. I mean, I I think the the Drew Barrymore opening scene is probably the single scariest seen in any movie maybe ever
0: Mm -hmm. iconic i
1: mean yeah incredible an incredible i don't know if it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes but it was like edge of your seat Mm -hmm. just like holy moly what are we going to be in for for the next hour and a half you know
0: oh yeah and i think i think that uh that is a good example of what well that's even that that was i can't believe that was 24
1: years ago that came out Holy moly. I remember seeing it at Park Meadows when it was like almost a brand new theater and it was like a great experience it went with my family. And it was just nuts. I
0: can't I should stop recommending movies to you that came out the year you were born, is what I need to do. <laughs>
1: <Just> <laughs> get into the nineties. Move it forward. <laughs> I
0: need to move it forward to where to where because I, I remember watching uh, uh this movie. Uh we had HBO in the eighties and uh this Creepshow would be on all the time, and uh, I just—it's part of my part of my childhood. I remember seeing this movie constantly. Um, that and the thing—the thing—played all the time on HBO. Uh, but both movies came out the year you were born. So what we're talking about is I need to avoid 1982 for for Nate. So <laughs> next time, next time we're on here, I will recommend something from from
1: 1983. And see- <laughs> there we go, 83. The other, the other thing I wondered about this movie too, kind of after watching it, is we know that Caddyshack was a there was a ton of cocaine use. Yeah, and we know with Stephen King that he credits, you know, nicotine and cocaine as is helping him being very creative. I wonder how much cocaine was used during the writing, the filming, and the making of this movie.
0: Well, as our as as Bill Simmons often says, there's the cocaine era of uh, Hollywood. And this falls right there because Caddyshack came out in 1981 or two, I think. Right. So uh, it is it is right in that area of when everyone was just whacked out on blow. And uh, I think that that probably pays a, a lot of like owes a lot of credit to the mania of these movies, you know. Uh, if you've ever encountered someone who is a little whacked out on something you suspect is coke they are manic people you know and uh that is that is something i think this creates because it probably heightens everything else i can't imagine speaking of caddyshack i can't imagine chevy chase on cocaine
1: i bet that would be absolutely unbearable (laughs) right (laughs) and even even in this movie right yeah there you go (laughs) And even in this movie too, every time that they do like the the big like shock part, like the background is different, right? Like it's almost a comic book background where it's yeah, blue or red, lines. yeah, yeah. And it's like, what is happening here? It's like that's a cocaine fueled uh, horror moment, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's, I appreciate, and then this is one of the, I, I will have any excuse to have Nate back on the podcast. And so I wanted to, uh, torture him with one of my movie suggestions again. So, um, this was, thank you for coming back on, uh, and we'll do it again. And I tell you what, next time you're on, you suggest a movie. All right. So you oh, you say, you say, Jeff, I want you to watch this and I will watch it. Uh, and most likely I will like it because I like everything. Um, but I will, uh, I, that, that's not true at all. I don't like everything, but, um, I will, I will watch it for you. And so we'll, we'll take a break from me, you know, recommending movies you hate.
1: But Hey, much like, much like this podcast creep show was a star studded cast,
0: right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard to believe episode 400 was like a month and a half ago.
1: Right. Yeah. Crazy. shit. But I like this. I like the Gen X movie shows, man. I think you're doing a good job with them and they're fun to listen to and, it always makes me, when I hear about a movie, one I haven't seen or one I haven't seen for a long time, and it always makes me want to go back and watch it.
0: So, did you, uh, did, you like it. did you listen to the one I did on Train Spotting?
1: I'm saving that one because I want to rewatch Train Spotting again. It's a very bizarre movie, but uh, oh, also man. a very good
0: one. That toilet scene, man. That's, uh...
1: Woo! <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: All right, guys. Uh, f- uh, everyone wave to Nate. Uh, before we leave and uh, we'll I'll have uh, Nate on soon again uh, uh, trust me all right goodbye